welcome to the first ever Clax Women from Indie podcast. <laughs> and you're listening to Fiona and Marion from Clax Women for Indie. So Marion, how did Clax Women for Indie come about? A lot of people wanted to get involved with pre-independence referendum activity. So I started getting involved maybe around about about 2014 but there were people there who'd already started so I just joined in around about that time. People just wanted to get informed, involved and Women for Independence was all about self-organising women. So that's how it really started. It was a local group. There is a, a national body which was the leading light in trying to formulate everybody but it became a very sort of local enterprise for us and there was a handful of women at first and a Facebook page and we've evolved from there. It was about setting up a safe, fun place for women to talk about the kind of future they wanted for their families and their friends and their country. And was that the first time some of them had been involved in that kind exactly. of thing? Yeah. It, was, it was quite a seminal moment for many of us. Um, some people had been part of a party before, a political party, many of us weren't. Mm-hmm. But it was all about finding your own sort of voice and we did that with each other. I had no involvement in politics before the independence referendum. And it was exactly as it said on the can. It was safe, it was fun, there was people from all walks of life. We just wanted to, to kind of flesh out our own opinions about the kind of society we wanted to build. Mm. And that's what it's, it's gone on to do. Some of the founding members we're really keen to do something about improving the lives of people locally and find a statistic which was 25% plus of children born in Clackmannishire are born into poverty and that was mm. most affecting for us. It, it was depressing but it was like a call to action. What could we do to practically support families in our, in our communities? And so somebody came away with this really bright idea that we should maybe set up a Christmas shop and that's where the, the, the kernel of that idea came from, that we would bring in donations of pre-loved toys, children's clothing, nursery equipment, that sort of thing, and we'd get ourselves a little shop front somewhere in the high street in Alloa. Uh, once the donations had been set, of, set up, and we had rails and rails of clothing, then we'd invite people in before Christmas to come and get party dresses, school uniforms, presents for the children, for people who maybe wouldn't have a Christmas at all. Oh, and it was great hugely idea. fun to do. Mm-hmm. And we, we saw the faces of people coming in and leaving the shop, all in that run up to Christmas. So it was, but that month before Christmas was just you know, a joy to see what could happen with just local resources. So that was one of the first sort of manifestations of what we were trying to do to help uh, local families. Okay. We're sitting here now at a really interesting mm. time in the evolution of the idea. So we're looking at the future and it's, it's getting closer. Mm-hmm. That idea that you can build your own country is just so exciting, it's, so it inspiring. Clackmanager yeah. is also known as the Wee County and that's because there's only 51,500 people living here but we have a huge responsibility on our shoulders because for those of you who were around for the 2014 referendum, you'll know that Clackmannanshire was the first to declare its results on the night of the Indyref poll. And Keith Brown, our MSP, who also lives in Clackmannanshire, had been reporting 
positive responses on the doorsteps and he was convinced that Clackmannanshire was going to come out as a yes vote overall. But unfortunately, when the first vote was declared, Clackmannanshire was 53.8% for no. So a very disappointing result, and it must have just dashed the hopes of yeses right across Scotland. However, we also know that 2014 was just the dress rehearsal, and the real Indie Ref will be sometime between now and next year. Almost certainly, Clackmannanshire will again be the first area to declare its results, and we have to do everything we can between now and then to make sure that that's a yes result. Imagine the first yes vote coming in on the night of the next Indie Ref and just the lift it's going to give everybody right across the country. So why have we decided to do a podcast? It's about using as many channels as we can to engage with women. Women tend to like to be asked to do things, I understand, and I'm exactly the same. They want to be asked to get involved in something which is kind of an alien concept and for many people is a, a political discussion. They don't really feel at home with that, so it's about reaching out to as many different kinds of women as possible and we have to use technology. Mm -hmm. We're here sitting for the first time with a microphone, <laughs> which is quite, quite cool in a way. But we've got the Facebook page that people can engage with and we're beefing it up all the time. Mm -hmm. We're talking about just doing that very thing today. Um, we have our wonderful Twitter account, which is um, manned by yourself or staffed by yourself. Yeah. So that's out there too. But there's many, many more ways that we know that we can reach out to women and bring them into the body of the Kirk, as it were, to talk about see, the, the kind of country they want to build for the mm -hmm. future. So technology is part of the toolkit. Yes. And the other thing I'm, I'm quite excited about is helping Indie Live Radio get going because that I just think that's such an exciting development. And I, more and more I'm finding that I, I want to tune in to hear who's on. And the fact that it's live streamed and you can sometimes you can watch the studio as well, I think just adds another dimension. And the music's great. <laughs> so given that we don't have any media that's on our side apart from the national, <laughs> that yeah. we need to support people like Broadcasting Scotland and Independence Live and Live Indie Radio. So whatever we can do to help, I'm quite keen that we give it a try. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you've got everybody's support in that one. So yeah, we have to build our, our own communications channels and the mainstream media has let us down big time. Yes. We have to we self-organise. Yeah. We have to be part of this new media. Yeah. Okay, so we'll talk a bit about what we've been doing. And it has actually been quite a full-on exciting couple of weeks. It certainly has. Yeah. We got our protest hats on and we went and we met Theresa May in Stirling when she came for her final speech and she just swept by us in her black limousine but we had prepared songs so we were, we were singing at the tops of our voices with our Stirling Women for Indie sisters. We were singing songs about how Westminster has had its day E-I-E-I-O and at some point we might do an, an indie songs songbook for the for the podcast and then we went to Perth for the hustings between Boris Johnson mm -hmm. and Jeremy Hunt, Hunt. Yeah. and although they in a very cowardly fashion I thought were helicoptered in through a back door environmentally, un environmentally unfriendly. unfriendly 
we did watch all the, uh, well, quite a small group of elderly Tories making their way in the front door and a couple of our local MPs. We saw Luke Graham, Luke Graham Douglas Ross, Stephen Kerr, mm-hmm. um, and shouted at them all <laughs> as they went in. In a very polite fashion, but they were yeah. under no illusions about our feelings on the subject. Yeah, but that was quite an energised debate. That was the first time, I think, because the Indy Marchers are so positive and so friendly and uplifting, to actually be in a group that mm. wasn't angry, but they were actually shouting and booing, which was sort of a new development, I think, for us. And I wasn't at the, the Boris visit to Butte House, but he got a real booing there, which was actually quite quite an eye-opener, really. Yeah, I think the BBC Scotland coverage of it was, as usual, trying to be impartial, but <laughs> Brian Taylor said that there was there were jeerings, but there was also you know, positive, positive noises, but I'm afraid none of us picked up on the positive I noises. I didn't see any positive noises. He was, he was so affected by the booing that he went out the back door, hence the hashtag. Backdoor Boris. <laughs> okay, so there's also been the Air March and the Campbelltown March as well, both of which were great fun. And I don't think I've seen quite so much of the country as I start, <laughs> since I started getting involved in these marches. Mm. Never been to Campbelltown before, and what a lovely place. What a great welcome as well. People were just yeah. genuinely so pleased that we'd come to their town and I loved that they met the ferry or some people met the ferry with flags because the ferry on the Friday night had bikers coming off it there was the Dumfries and Galloway's indie van came off and they were waving flags as they came off and it just was a great sight it's a carnival Um, atmosphere it is it really was I think for um, the yes movement right across the board it is like an expression of the hope and the uplifting friendships that we all make on these marches. Yeah. People who've never done it before and there's people with their prams and their wains the and dogs. their dogs <laughs> and everybody feels included mm. and it is just a stream of blue and white joy. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was sitting on a park bench just waiting for the march to start at Campbelltown and there was a lady came and sat down next to me and we had a little bit of a chat because you're instantly friends with another yeser mm. and she rummaged in her backpack and she gave me out a little wooden disc on a string with indie on it that I could put my backpack and then somebody else came up and gave me an indie stone they'd painted and it just the creativity mm. that's associated with these marches is really quite distinctive and uh, uh-huh. the indie stones cairn at the assembly point gets bigger every single march mm. in fact I think we might do a podcast devoted to indie stones in yeah. in the future because it's a it's great fun yeah but, it's definitely food for the soul to go on to uh, a march, a demonstration yeah. of solidarity like yeah. that. Sure. But what was really impressive, I think, about Campbelltown was just how many people there were in the street and how many ba- flags and windows and people waving at windows and shops standing out, more, much more so than air. I thought there, was, there seemed to be more participation and people joining in the march as it went past mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So it really did feel as if it was a huge event for the town uh-huh. and they, were, they, were, they couldn't have been more welcoming. It was an, and a lovely place I'd really quite like to go back and you know, yeah. have, a little, have a visit some other time mm-hmm. as well because it really did look like a nice place. The culmination of them all, I suppose, is, is people coming to the capital, to Edinburgh, 
Um, yes. I think if you were to go to some of the smaller towns, for sure, you'd get a different kind of reception. But there's something about it all, all accumulating in, yeah. in the capital. And there were hundreds of thousands of people, it seemed to me. You know, oh, the yes. place was absolutely rammed. And the tourists lining the Royal Mile, all wanting to be part of it. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt like a family of nations. Yes. People support, people support from all over the world, it seemed. Yeah. So, it's, it's thoroughly reinforcing of the hope, um, the inspiration of the Yes movement. Mm. And I think it's great as well, for somehow, it, given that we don't get coverage on the BBC and we don't get coverage in the national media, apart from, of course, the national, there are people living in these towns who, I particularly found that when we went to Oban, there was people there going, oh, I didn't know there was anything like this, because mm. until they see it with their own eyes, they're not going to see it any other place. So it really does, that whole, is there an appetite for independence? Absolutely <laughs> there is. You can see it with your own eyes yeah, in all these places. Yeah, it's, it's real. It's real. If you're heading to Edinburgh for the festival, Edinburgh Yes Hub have a great programme of fringe events, still quite a few to go. The Yes Hub is at 31 Lasswade Road and you can get the number 31 bus from the city centre. We'll drop you right outside. It's quite an intimate little space, but we were there the other night to see uh, Tommy Shepherd, Full house for Tommy and a German film crew there recording because they are very interested in Brexit and Scottish independence and um, they filmed the whole proceedings. Now, whether we'll be able to track down that film, I don't know, but that, they were certainly there. Um, Tommy Shepherd is always a great speaker. And he outlined his thinking about uh, current events in Westminster. And he thought there were three likely scenarios going forward. The first was that over the summer holidays, Boris and his crew would realise they don't have the parliamentary arithmetic to whether any kind of no-confidence vote, which may well come as early as the, the beginning of September when they go back. If that was the case, he might take the initiative and have a general election which would take place in October. So just before the 31st of October cut-off date, we could actually have an election. Another possibility was that although the government are adamant that they're not having any talks with Brussels at the moment, Tommy was fairly sure that they are, and that they're likely to come back with a tweaked deal, which is almost the same as Theresa May's deal, but with just, just something in it that allows them to say it's a, it's a revised deal. Um, he thought there were two groups that he would have to convince, the first being the ERG, who would be told that if, it's, if they don't go for this deal, then there's no Brexit at all. And the other group are the opposite um, camp in Westminster who would be told that if they don't go for this deal, it's a hardest no-deal Brexit possible. Um, the third one, he thought that they might call a general election for the beginning of November. So we actually crash out on the 31st and amid the chaos, there is another general election the following week practically. And Boris would be campaigning on the basis of, I said I'd take you out of the EU. I've taken you out of the EU. Now back me and I'll get you a great deal. So any of those things could happen or something none of us have thought of. That was interesting to get his thoughts on that. The other question that, that we asked him was about the Liberal Democrats being apparently resurgent in England and whether there was a possibility that they might overtake 
even if the SNP get fi- all 59 votes of the Scottish seats, the Lib Dems have got 650 seats to play with, so they may well come out as um, the third largest party at Westminster. If they did that, we, I was concerned that, that the SNP would lose its visibility and Ian Blackford would lose his two questions at, at uh, PMQs. And we would also not be seeing just the way that, that the SNP MPs are treated by everybody else in the House and just how disrespectfully they are spoken to. But uh, Tommy was quite relaxed about that and his view was that there's a lot of responsibility and time-consuming preparation of speeches, etc., that comes with being the third party about things that are perhaps not of great interest to either the SNP or to Scotland. And he thought that losing the number three spot might actually make them more visible. In fact, a great quote, I thought, he said, imagine all those SNP MPs waking up every morning thinking, what can I do to support Indy today? We've got plenty of things coming up. We've got the book festival that we said, Leslie Ritter, yeah. Professor Tom Devine. Jerry Hassan as well, lots of... Yep. Lots yeah, of good lots uh, of discussions. Names. Instead of just yesers going, it's a great opportunity to bring a friend to some of these, particularly somebody who's perhaps indie curious rather than, that's right. than indie yes. and there convinced. Are a lot of them there are. And that's why you know we have such a, an important role to, to play when it talk, we're talking to women who, first time around in 2014, were probably very cautious mm-hmm. and they weren't quite sure of their own mind. But that's why I think we feel we've got a, a certain role to play to talk to women who yeah. maybe need to be, as I say, invited to mm. do some thinking and some engagement. Um, so that's a strong suit for us. We're also looking to take up the banner of, of trying to encourage more women who are maybe not voters or who have not been registered as voters. So in one of our upcoming events, which is at the Bomar Centre, Community Centre in Alawa, uh, I think it's the 14th, 14th of September, September. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a family fun day, we're going to be there along with lots of other Yes grassroots movements of stalls and one of the, the things that we can maybe help with is to invite women to become registered, registered yeah. voters and, and maybe it's another transformation in their lives as it's transformed ours to become much more part of the democracy which we want to build for the future. Yes, and we're hoping that um, a lot of us are in that demographic that is not the highest yes vote, there's some women over 55, so a smiling, welcoming face of women at a stall we're hoping will encourage some yeah. women along to at least start the conversation, if they, they may not be converted mm. on the spot, but we'd like yeah. to think that they would yeah, be we interested. Like think, we like to think we're listening, mm. um, and women maybe appreciate that, it's, it's not like confrontational Westminster politics, we're not talking about that, are we? Yeah. For the future, we hope there's going to be many more women in Parliament. Yeah. Well, you went to an event, didn't you, recently, the Women in Parliament? There's a project called... A project. Um, yeah, it's um, the Parliament project set up by the Scottish Government. Mm-hmm. They're putting lots of resources in trying to encourage more women, non-binary people and, and ethnic minorities, to, to enter Parliament, be, be part of this country yeah. that we're going to be building for diversity's sake, you know, because the more diverse, the more colourful, the more people from different walks of life, surely the parent's going to only prosper with that kind of makeup. Yeah, and another event that's coming up, we've got the Aberdeen March on the 17th of August, and then on the 23rd, something that I've not heard of happening before, but it sounds really interesting, Cambus Kenneth Abbey, there's a White Rose for Wallace 
event on at 7 p.m. And I think the idea is that you you leave a white rose for Wallace. There might be a piper. There might even be speakers. Not sure exactly what's going to happen, but uh-huh. there's apparently because he was famously quartered and one of his quarters is at Canvas Kenneth Uh Abbey so a a nice a nice opportunity to go and maybe pay some respects to somebody who's who gives us some inspiration to this day yes and just to let everybody know that Winfrey Independence Clacks meets monthly Mm -hmm. we usually meet in the snug bar at number five in on Brook Street in Mm -hmm. Alva and it's usually at 7 o'clock, 7.15, and we all gather there and have a good chat. Mm-hmm. A, and it goes on until about half past nine-ish or so, after a good discussion. So that's a monthly meeting, uh, first Monday of most months. Mm-hmm. And then we have lots of activities in between times, and the next thing that's coming up is Indie Stones painting. So Indie Stones is great yeah, fun. We're all really, fun. creative or not, we're all in about that with varying degrees of artistic talent, it has to be said, but uh, it's great fun. The other thing we've got is our Twitter account. We tend to try and live tweet when we're at events rather than putting stuff out every day. That's at WFI. And uh, we'd love to have some more followers on that. Hello to anybody who's currently following us, because you're all really good at doing retweets, we've noticed, which is lovely. So thank you for that. Do have a Facebook page as well. And we are intending to have more events and stalls and activities, which will publicize on that facebook page and hopefully also through this podcast so uh, you'll you'll find something that you can either get involved with or tell somebody about if you think they'd like it that would be great and even if it's just people getting in touch with us to find out more about what we do or a group that's maybe nearer them we're happy to signpost and we have very close ties with sterling wifey Mm. um who do their own interpretation of Women for Independence, and it's very diverse and, and dynamic. Um, but we're happy to always you know, make sure that there's somebody locally that you can plug into if you're looking for information and what benefits an independent Scotland will, will bring to your community and your mm-hmm. family. And if there's any other Women for Indie groups around about, we'd love to have you either come to our meetings or we could come along to yours and just share some ideas. So um, do get in touch if, if you're interested in that. And then the other thing, just to probably bring to a close our first yeah, pilot attempt, fast, was it? it has, was somebody asked us a really great question the other day. Irene, one of our Women for Indie colleagues, said, what are you going to do for Indie today? And we thought, oh, there's a challenge, Something, do something every day for Indie. So on my list today is buying a copy of The National. Yeah, a good read a good read and attempting to have a conversation with one of my neighbours about how they're feeling about independence. Although he voted Remain, he doesn't feel that um, independence is the way to go. So that was about six months ago we had that conversation. I suspect he may be changing his mind. So I'd like to have that conversation and see how he's feeling now. What about you? Anything that you... I think I quite like Gordon Rossi's IndyCar. Oh, yes. We like Gordon. Yeah. He is... He's fun. He's informative and he's, he's very regularly there just giving you his analysis of what's happened and by goodness there's a lot happening. You love yeah. to, to pick apart what is, what's been happening in the news and every month there seems to be more for us to chew over together to make it personal to us. What does this mean for the future of Scotland? Mm-hmm. Um, so Gordon's very good at doing that. Um, 
the indie stones, one of the great things about the, the, the benefit of, of um, indie stones is you can put them around the country, mm. put them in places that you go regularly or not, and just leave that a little friendly seed of a stone in the soul tires of um, design, and maybe it'll just spark off some new person to the indie, indie campaigning. Mm. Um, or encourage others. I always love when you catch sight of a little saltire stuck on the back of a signpost or, or anywhere or a, an indie stone. I've seen a couple of them around Tilly Coutry actually. There's quite a few. Oh, I've seen a few in there. And it just gives you that little lift that you know there's somebody else out there. It's not just us right, talking. No. So. And when you see what happens on the marches, you realise just oh, how yeah. massive it's become. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who will keep stream about it. But surely they're looking around about and seeing the, the landscape of politics changing. Mm. And that we are a very positive nation. We just need the chance to thrive. We yeah. have so much going on in our small country. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And we should we should take the chance to express ourselves on the on the global stage. Yeah. Um, this Absolutely. is the future for us if we want to grasp that thistle. <laughs> so with that we will say that's the end of our first pilot. Thank you very much for listening, if there's anybody out there. And we hope to be back with some more updates and some more news and maybe some songs, who knows. And finally, just some thank yous. Thanks to Jan from English Scots for Yes for the encouragement and also for helping with recommendations for the kind of equipment and software to use. And thanks also to James McGregor, our technical wizard who has helped us with with putting this podcast together see you next time